Hi friends, my name is Andy. My pronouns are he and him. Welcome to the Hope Collective Church podcast. Here at Hope Collective, our mission is to develop inclusive communities where people discover sacred worth and calling. And our four core values are empathy, inclusion, trust, and humility. This week, we're finishing up our Pentecost series. When God Came Down Like Fire, which is a two-week series that focuses on the significance of Pentecost in the life of the church. This week, John has a sermon titled, Go Therefore, which focuses on Matthew 28, 16 through 20. When Jesus appears to his disciples, commissions them to make disciples of all nations through baptism and teaching, and promises to be with them always. And now here's John. Hey friends, my name is John Morgan. My pronouns are he and him. Welcome to Hope Collective Church and thanks for finding us online again this week. Well, first I want to say happy Pride Month. <laughs> we've, we've had already an amazing uh, week of Pride here in Dayton. On Thursday we uh, had a very meaningful interfaith service with several other faith communities. Uh, yesterday was a ton of fun walking in the parade and then gathering with thousands of, of friends, some new friends, uh, some old friends that we reconnected with. Uh, Hope Collective Church, I, I hope you know I'm, I'm super proud of you. I, I think that you all love really well. You, you love each other well, you love the community well, and I, I think it's authentic, like you genuinely love to love others. And I know that there's probably a list of things that we don't get right as a church. We, we've never been accused of being a perfect church, right? <laughs> but if I had to choose just one thing to get right, do you know what that would be? You probably guessed it. Love. And you do that well. <laughs> well, last week we started a two-week series called when God came down like fire, and we, we celebrated Pentecost Sunday, which signifies God gifting the church with the Holy Spirit. This Sunday is also a special Sunday in the Christian church calendar known as Trinity Sunday. Oftentimes you hear the phrase that God is three in one, or, or three persons in one entity. A traditional way of referring to the Trinity is Father Son, and Holy Spirit. Oftentimes you'll hear me say, God the Creator, Redeemer, and Sustainer. Well, there's probably not a perfect way of describing God, but the more I know God, the more I can't comprehend God. <laughs> the old praise song that you may have heard before, it says, God is indescribable and uncontainable. How can we totally understand who God is? Oh, even from the very beginning of the first book of the Bible called Genesis, we see the Trinity at work. This is Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. It says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And at first, we see God the Creator, and we see the Holy Spirit. There's two out of the three in the Trinity, right? But where's God the Son? 
And then we remember when God spoke words to create, there's the sun. And we say this because if we fast forward to the book of John chapter 1, it starts out almost the same as Genesis. Uh, starting with verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. And later on in that chapter, uh, we read the words, And the Word became flesh, which means Jesus. So there's the, the Trinity, God, the creator, the Holy Spirit, and the word became flesh, who is Jesus. And of course, we can have an intelligent conversation about different theories on how the, the earth was created. But what's more important, I believe, is that throughout our faith history, God looks at each part of creation. And do you remember what he calls it? He calls it good, the light is good. The land and seas were good. The plants and animals were all good. Now why, why is this important? Because this creation story portrays, portrays our triune God who doesn't wait for creation to be complete before declaring it good. Goodness must mean something other than finished. It must mean something other than perfect as we define perfection. Perhaps it means born of God, or maybe good means it's in process or growing or moving on toward perfection, on the way to order out of chaos. <laughs> Let's use our church as an example again, like we were mentioning, mentioning earlier. Uh, we already said we aren't perfect. <laughs> Aside from the human mistakes uh, we make all the time, there are pieces of our church that, that are still missing or, or just aren't complete. Uh, we don't have a youth ministry yet. Uh, we don't have a lot of small groups meeting yet. We don't have a space for, for nurseries, for our babies on, on Sunday mornings yet. But are we a good church? Well, I, I think we're pretty good. <laughs> We're imperfect and good. For, for God, it doesn't have to be complete to be good, which is good news for all of us, right? Because we are all works in progress. None of us has achieved perfection. But God looks at you and says, you are good. You don't have to be perfect or even complete to be good in God's eyes. Now let's keep that in mind as we read scripture from the book of Matthew. Again, in this section of scripture, we'll see the Holy Trinity at work. Matthew chapter 28, starting with verse 16, it says, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. Talk about an imperfect worship gathering, right? It's, well, first of all, it's weird when we hear about the 11 disciples. Because we're used to hearing about the 12 disciples, right? And even though Judas really messed up, 
The other 11 undoubtedly had feelings of loss and hurt. And they felt pain as they moved forward without one of their brothers alongside them. And even in seeing Jesus right in front of them, we just read that some of the disciples doubted. Now, why, why would they? Well, as they journeyed alongside Jesus for the last three years, they had finally pieced together a life of faith that made sense to them. And now they had to start all over again with a brand new faith. They doubted. I, this might be a rhetorical question, but I think I know the answer. <laughs> Have you ever doubted in your faith journey? That word doubt in the original text can also mean to hesitate. So even though Jesus was alive in front of them, even though the, the resurrection represented a new hope, the disciples entered this intimate worship gathering on a mountainside with hesitation. They were advancing with caution. How many of us today come to worship with hesitation? Maybe due to pain from the past. Maybe due to some kind of loss along the way. Maybe the hesitation is because at one point you thought you had faith all figured out, but then the rug got pulled out from underneath you. We oftentimes refer to that as church hurt. I, I don't blame anyone if you do have hesitation. Here's an analogy. Did, did you ever play Little League Baseball growing up? I used to love playing baseball, and I remember my, my batting routine. On the way up to the plate, I'd, I'd kick the dirt off of my cleats with the, with the end of my bat. I'd tighten up my, my batting gloves so they're nice and, and snug on my hands. And I'd step up to the batter's box and, and hold my hand up for a time as I dug my foot into the dirt and, and got just the right footing. But there was one pitcher I did not like to face, and his name was Bobby. Now, Bobby was the fastest pitcher in our little league. He could throw the ball so hard that you can hear it cut through the air as soon as it left his hands. But not only was Bobby the fastest pitcher in Little League, Bobby was also the absolute worst pitcher in Little League. He had absolutely no control over where that ball was going. In one game, I took one of Bobby's pitches right to the rib cage, and it hurt. <laughs> I remember just falling down and crying. <laughs> and uh, do you know what? The next time I got up to bat, do you know what I did? I hesitated. <laughs> I didn't even want to step up to the plate. So I took more time than usual and trying to build up a little bit of courage inside, but I couldn't even put both feet in the batter's box. <laughs> I was still in pain from the last time I, I faced Bobby. <laughs> I didn't want to get hit by another pitch, so I hesitated. This is what happens in churches. Some of you all have been hit by a pitch before in your faith journey, maybe multiple times, and it hurts. 
I totally understand why there's hesitation to step back into church. You may have doubts or hesitations, and there's nothing wrong with you. <laughs> the disciples experienced the same thing. They followed Jesus with their whole entire lives, and then he got crucified, and they were wondering if they would be next. So they hesitated a little bit. Well, let's read on Matthew 28, 18. It says, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Jesus is letting them know that he understands their hesitation. He's assuring them that everything is okay. The authority of God's presence is with them. This makes sense that Jesus has all the authority. We go back to the first chapter of Genesis and understand that, that God or that Jesus was the Word of God who spoke life into creation. And again, let's remember John verses, uh, chapter 1, verse 3. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. See, it's important for us to remember today that Jesus still is the source of authority in our spiritual lives. Because way too often we give that authority to unhealthy people in our lives and we try to live up to their unhealthy expectations of us. And we tend to give that authority to faith traditions and religious systems that promote power structures that benefit the privileged. And we tend to give that authority to abusive interpretations of scriptures that are taken out of context and even mistranslated with the intent to spiritually enslave the marginalized. Friends, I want to invite us all to shift that authority back to Jesus where it rightfully belongs. And with this authority, Jesus commissions the eleven. And we believe he commissions all who listen, including us. Matthew 28, 19, he says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. There's the Trinity again. We talked about last week how this word go means we can't stay comfortable where we are. Well, my friend Dan, uh, Dan Gutman, he's a pastor, uh, a Lutheran pastor. He and I were talking this week, and he was teaching me a little bit more about this word go. And really, he taught me about these verses that, that we call the Great Commission. Uh, the commission to go wasn't so much a directive uh, to change locations, but Jesus was telling them, as you go along in life, as you go to work, or as you go to the as you go to the store, as you go throughout the neighborhood. In the next part of the scripture, as we traditionally hear it says, uh, go and make disciples. What's interesting is that this word make is not in the original transcript, and the disciples uh, is not a noun. Do you hear what I'm saying? So make is not really in there, and disciples is not a noun. Uh, disciples is actually a verb. So the beginning of this verse actually says, as you go along in life, disciple. <laughs> so what does it mean to disciple? 
to walk alongside others, to build relationships, to live life together, to teach others what you know, to pour your life into others, to equip others for the journey, to instill within others the courage to make it on their own, to disciple. Well, who do we disciple? The scripture says, do you remember what it says? All nations. And that's what we've traditionally heard in this passage. But the original text where it says all nations literally means all Gentiles. Or in other words, Jesus is telling the 11 to disciple everyone who's not like you. <laughs> to walk alongside, to build relationship with, and so on. To pour your life into people who aren't like you. Of course, uh, we read baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Again, there's the Trinity again, the Creator, Redeemer, and the Sustainer. We go on to verse 20. And teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Teaching them, Jesus says, to obey everything that I have commanded you. Again, the instruction is to obey, to obey everything Jesus commanded. And what did he command? We talked about this a few weeks ago, didn't we? Jesus commanded us to love one another. Remember, he said, I have set the example. Now you go and do the same. So what is Jesus commissioning the disciples to do? And we believe he's commissioning us as well. As we go along in life, we are to walk alongside those who are different than us, modeling and pouring into them a Jesus type of love so that in return, the people we are sharing life with will know how to love like Jesus as well. To love humbly, love sacrificially, love unconditionally, love unexpectedly, love with action, love in a way that brings about justice, loving neighbor as self, loving even enemies, loving with our whole entire lives. Doesn't this sound like a great commission? <laughs> we call it the great commission, but maybe this is why it's great. And let's not forget the promise Jesus says, remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Friends, will you pray the simple Trinity Sunday prayer with me as we prepare our hearts to take communion together? Let us pray. Holy God, three in one, you are are our eternal hope, our companion in life, our liberating power. Lead us in your mission, baptizing and teaching in your blessed name so that all may worship you to the end of the age. Amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope that this week's sermon has been a blessing and encouragement to you. You can find us on Facebook and YouTube by searching Hope Collective Church for weekly online services and other ways to connect with us. 
Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast. And again, we want to thank you so much for listening. And remember, above all else, these three important words. You are loved.